manifest your dream partner it sounds to a lot of people it sounds crazy like do i just think of you know my dream partner and then poof they appear mm. or how does it work okay so it works just like um all manifestation principles it's the same stuff right you decide what you want specifically you write it down yeah. you know and i always say don't say i just want a relationship yeah you're gonna get just the relationship hey because the want, universe listens. exactly and we do that so much <laughs> like in our thoughts you say i just want someone to groove with i just want someone to talk to you will get someone to talk to mm-hmm. and then if you look back on some of your experiences you're like yes i manifested from a point of lack like i was just like focusing on the one thing that i needed then but not on the holistic picture mm. you know i want somebody to build a happy and healthy relationship with or to build a family with and i want them to be into these particular things i want them to be emotionally aware to be self-aware and to what, be into person yeah Yeah. Can me teach you a lesson? Can me teach you a lesson? Level line with the tweets. Follow me back to my nest. Level line with the podcast. Teach you lesson cuz I got class. Level line with the impact. To be live that's a real fact. Can me teach you a lesson? Can me teach you a lesson? Level line with the tweets. Hi Tribe, welcome to the Level Lion Show, the biggest marketing and entrepreneurship podcast on the African continent. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been feeling a little bit tired, a little bit lethargic, and I feel like the end of the year needs to come now. And that's why today's guest is here, because she adds a different angle to the kinds of conversations we have on this podcast regularly. And she brings the healing element. She brings the self-care, real self-care element to it. She brings the self-awareness element to it that I think a lot of us need right now, because we need to reboot the year isn't over we still have two more months so we need that energize and i think our guest today is going to give us just that and as you know on this podcast we don't introduce the guests they introduce themselves so ivet welcome to the devil lion show thank you for having me please introduce yourself to those who don't know who you are um name is ivet like kopa <laughs> um I'm also known on social media or digital platforms as ivet alu mm-hmm. um what i do who i am child of god of child of the divine what i do is that i'm a coach you know so i help people heal from their past experiences um and basically if anybody i'm the person you come to when you're going through something and you don't know where to start mm. if you're feeling stuck in your career in your life in your relationships if you're noticing a pattern that's going on in your life finance or any area in your life and you feel stuck I'm the person that most people come to so that's most of the work that I do is centered around healing and helping people to just grow develop you know type of thing and then of course I've written a book called living consciously so I'm an yes. author and um what's the other thing that I do then I have a business called Rooted Well <laughs> I have a business called Rooted Well and that is my wellness personal development and healing community etc So that's I think I've done some of the stuff I do leadership coaching I do a lot of things yes. but most of my work is really just around personal development healing and and growth and helping people to create the lives that they want. I love what you said about personal development healing. We're going to talk about that in this podcast today. But before we do that, I wanted you to perhaps lead us into some kind of exercise that we can do mm-hmm. just to get everybody at home to breathe, relax okay. and really get into the flow of what we're going to talk about today. 
Okay. Cool. All right, Let's do perfect. it. Um, I won't do the other ones because they yeah. might make you too calm. <laughs> so we are going to do a breathing exercise, which mm -hmm. I saw on Red Table Talk. Cool. Um, it's really cool and it's very easy. So you can do it when you feel emotionally overwhelmed. Yeah. Or when you just feel like you're not able to regulate your emotions, you know. Mm. So, okay. So what you do is you say, breathe in. And then you breathe in the thing that you don't want. So, wait. Breathe in love, breathe out fear. Yes. Okay. Let's do it again. Okay. <laughs> so you say breathe in. And you say what you want. Love. Breathe out. Fear. And then again, you try that again. You say breathe in. Joy. Breathe out. Sadness. So, okay, we're going to try that again. So think of something right now that you want to let go of. And then, of course, you think of something else that you actually want. So that's how it kind of works. Okay. Maybe you can do one as well. Oh, okay. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> so okay. I'll do mine. Um, breathe in. Confidence. Mm. Breathe out. Stress. Huh. Yeah. Do you want to try I like one? that one. <laughs> okay, let me try it. Okay. Um... I'm trying to think of the right word because there, there are many things I want to breathe in right now. If you guys knew the day that I had, that's why, that's why I'm saying try Which it. Which is why I need to find the right word. Okay. Um, so we breathe in the thing that, you that want, we want yeah. and we exhale the thing yeah, that we it'll don't come want. To you as you do it as well. So just start. Okay. Um, Say breathe in. And okay. Then, yeah. Breathe in calm. Exhale or breathe out stress. Yeah. I need to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> because it's been a day. But it helps, right? It does help. It does help. It yeah. does help. In fact, you know, sometimes when I do my speaking engagements, I start with affirmations. Because, okay. you know, the crowd is usually energetic and people are there. We're vibing. There's music. There's alcohol. And sometimes you need people just to come back to equilibrium yeah. like just to center themselves and really be present for the conversation and i think this was important today because all of us are living really busy lives you know some people are watching this as they're cooking or you know with their kids making a noise in the background yeah. or whatever the case may be and it's just a reminder to breathe to remember to put yourself first breathe and then you can face the tasks at hand mm -hmm. So Yvette, you speak about healing. That's yeah. a very big thing right now. But what is it? What is healing? Okay, that's a good question. Um, I've never had anybody ask me that question too. So I'm going to be making this up. But I think healing, um, you know, it's when you feel that you, something... Okay, so you know you need healing. So sometimes it's just the feeling that you get that something's missing in my journey. There are things that are not working out, you know, or you listen to your body, your emotions, etc. Because there's physical healing, right? There's emotional healing. There's maybe mental healing just in yeah. terms of thoughts and etc. So I would say, for example, if you need healing in terms of your body, right, then you've got a, a wound. So mm. healing is that, you know, it's acknowledging that something is wrong. You know, I've been wounded, I've been scarred or something happened to me and I need to kind of um, heal my emotions, heal my physical body and heal my, my thoughts about myself, my opinions about myself or the beliefs that I have about myself. So that's how I would describe healing. Yeah. Would that be, so the physical one, would that be like rape? If I was raped, is that a physical yeah. wound or what kind of wound would that be? Okay, so it would be both. Okay. Because remember, the sexual assault or rape is it's it's 
it's a trauma, right? And trauma sits in your body and in your emotions. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people that have been through something of that sort, they would then, you know, have find themselves struggling with anxiety, mm. find themselves struggling with deep sadness, mm. find themselves struggling with, you know, negative thoughts as well. And then of course, because our thoughts are linked to our body and our emotions, then you'd feel that. You feel anxiety in your body. If I ask you, where do you feel anxiety in your body? Can you name it? Oh, yes, I can. Yeah, it's usually your stomach. <laughs> my you know, stomach. Case, my you neck. Know, I feel it in my hands. Really? Enough, yeah, okay. I feel it in my hands. So we all, trauma sits in your body, etc. So that's why when you are in a healing journey, if you've been through maybe physical abuse, sexual assault, mm -hmm. or past experiences, you know, maybe from your childhood, and also emotional, you know, uh, trauma in that sense, whereby, you know, um, you need certain types of healing, it's that you need to also heal the body. So it's not just one part, you know, at some that I've been encouraging with a lot of my clients recently is that if you've been, if I know they've been through a physical trauma, and yeah. I'm not talking about accidents and stuff like that, because I, a lot of, I can help with, with that, but a lot of my work is not really around, you know, like I've just been through an accident, I need your help. Yeah. Most of it is that this happened in my childhood and I need your guidance and help to process these experiences. So when somebody comes to me and they say that, right, I'll help them through the emotion, I'll help them process the experience, but a lot of people don't know that the trauma is still in their body. And that's where yoga and certain practices that help you step into your body to be present in your body because what happens when you go through a trauma is that you almost float out of your body so you're, okay. you're very disconnected from your emotions that's mm. why people for example who've been through sexual assault you might find them you know um, struggling to connect with their body so then they will try to connect with others through maybe having sex with them mm, you know being or, promiscuous. or sometimes yeah. you don't feel so some people start cutting themselves so they yeah. can feel something because you've disconnected from your body you just want to feel something yeah. um, and then you might find harmful ways to kind of do that so healing also requires physical healing as well there's a good book called um the body keeps a score i think it's by Bessel something uh, that really talks a lot about the different types of healing especially when it comes to trauma emotional or physical trauma yeah you heard yvette she said what's the name of the book the body keeps a score. the body keeps a score if you want to learn about different kinds of healing that's the book that you should be looking at but i want to focus more on understanding this word healing and yeah. the reason why i want to do this is because if you look like us yeah you come from a background where our parents say this is nonsense you guys are too sensitive mm. there's no such thing you there, what is trauma it's not necessary you guys just don't want to work or yeah. you are lazy or you're not strong enough you're another yeah. backbone so for somebody who's sitting who thinks exactly the same way is healing fixing yourself is trauma what the the feeling you get when something bad happens yeah. what is it and why is it not an indication of us being too sensitive or lazy or whatever the case may yeah. be i think you're that generation first of all <laughs> they've got a lot going on that's why most of us are in therapy right like most exactly. of us have to go see coaches etc because these things that they did that they may not perceive you know they think oh this worked my mom did this before me the generation before that did this but it's like you guys are anxious you don't know you're anxious but when your child makes a mistake you shout at them you beat them mm. you know you overreact that's mm -hmm. a sign of anxiety that's why a lot of people like a lot of parents who find that they don't have patience they don't know how to regulate their emotions it's not a thought it's always the child must fix themselves so that i don't overreact you know mm. you mustn't make a mistake so that i don't so it's like there's no emotional regulation there's no self-awareness right yeah. so there's a lot going on with that generation and it's just been continuously happening and i think um, i'm trying to remember the second part of your question so the question me. was is trauma the feeling we feel when bad things happen yeah. or what is it 
So it's basically anything that's stuck into your emotional or physical system. Okay. That's how I place it. Because sometimes when we say it's something that happens to you physically, people are like, oh, then I'm not traumatized. But then you have perfectionism, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you're a perfectionist, you're constantly working to get people's approval, right? And you then create, that creates anxiety that eventually sometimes creates deep sadness or depression, yeah. right? Because you're constantly hard on yourself, your thoughts, therefore your emotions react to that. Your body responds to it because you're overworking yourself, you never allow yourself to rest. So when I work with somebody who comes in and says, I struggle with perfectionism, I'm like, okay, let's find the root. You go back to their childhood, it's when I was learning and trying to learn how to read, right? I would get beaten every time I made a mistake. When I passed, when I didn't pass a test, I would get shouted at or this and that, mm. you know, or when I'd get good marks, I'd be told that, um, that where's the other one percent, you know, like yes, your parents love yes, to do all of that. Yes. So to a child, they cannot separate between, you know, this is just a parent that has issues. To a child, you take that in mm. and you're like, oh, because I need acceptance, I need to feel like I belong, I need to feel safe, mm. right? Then you become a perfectionist because perfectionism keeps you safe. Mm. If I pass the test, my dad's not going to hit me when, you know, when I see him. If I behave this way, right, then I'm going to get the acceptance from my parents. Mm. And then that's how the trauma is built because it's shocking to your emotional system to constantly living in a state of fear, right? Yeah. Most people can't make that link between perfectionism and their childhood experiences or certain things that happened to them growing up. And it's based on core needs, right? So our needs, we have, you know, like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? We have yeah. safety, security, etc. And safety speaks about emotional safety, mm. right? Not just physical safety. They need to be accepted. They need to belong. They need to connect. All those needs are valid. That's why even as adults, we want that in our relationships, right? Yes. But a lot of times that safety is not provided for children, yes. right? From the people that are meant to provide it. So I think that answers your question to some extent, yeah. I think it does. And you've really clarified it for me, but I'm going to ask just one more yeah. for those who are still yeah, non-believers. Because yeah, yeah. I <laughs> know you are there. I know you guys. I see you on Twitter all the time. Yeah. A lot of the time when we have the healing conversation, even people in our generation and younger say, oh, but does everything have to come from your childhood? Like, does every bad thing have to come from your childhood? Yeah. We're making excuses, guys. Yeah. It's really not that deep. Yeah. Why the childhood? Um, I think, okay, so it's not all from the childhood, right? Okay. Earlier life, because that's when we're developing as human beings, right? Mm. That's when we learn how to treat ourselves, how, what love looks like, how to talk to ourselves, right? Mm. So children are like sponges, right? And every single experience that also we have, whether we're children or adults, right? When mm. it's shocking to your emotional system, it stays in you. You know, so I think mainly it's because you're in that developmental stage, you know, you're learning what the world, you're, you're forming your beliefs around the world, right? Your thoughts around the world, how the world works. So for example, if somebody is, you know, um, has to, if somebody starts believing that I have to perform in order to be loved, that's something that's going to be a foundational belief, right? And then they carry it throughout their lives. So I think it's because you're in those different developmental stages. And then of course you're a sponge and that's how we learn. Children learn through modeling, yes. right? They learn through seeing what their parents do and how their parents treat them. Mm. That's why people that have observed their parents maybe being in toxic or unhealthy relationships, they tend to have the same pattern because that's what you saw your whole life. So that's the normal. Or people that had a, sometimes you can even adapt things like if your mom struggled with self-confidence or a parent of your struggle with self-confidence and every single morning in the mirror you'd see them judging themselves you can absorb that you know mm. so i have clients that have fears like a fear of driving and then they're like oh you know every time i thought you know there was always a conversation it always came from fear mm. you know we adapt we we absorb those things you know so how we the things we believe about ourselves the way that we perceive the world um our relationship with ourselves and the the world around us as well is greatly determined 
determined by by our foundation, you know, mm -hmm. the way that we're brought up. But yes, sometimes some of those things can come later. You know, for example, somebody that's been retrenched, you know, they might suddenly start struggling with self-confidence and all of that. Mm -hmm. Somebody that goes into the workplace and starts um, being treated differently because of their race. That could be a trauma as well, because every single day you're told that you're not good enough because of the way that, that people are treating you, you're getting rejected. So then you start to have self-doubt. You think there's something wrong with you, yeah. you know, so it's different experiences. Yes, most of the time, and I can tell you from all the clients that I've worked with, 95% of the time it's a childhood wound. And then other times, because of the wound, you then create other wounds as you grow older. You mm. know, so you start dating, you know, or you start making friends. It starts, so this is how I usually explain it to my clients. You go to, to primary school, right? And then already at home, maybe you're rejected, your dad left at a young age, your parents don't treat you differently from your siblings. Then your friends at school in grade one reject you and you're like, okay, what's wrong with me? Yeah. And then fine, you start dating maybe in high school, 16, 17, around there, 15. And then, then you're the, the person that you want, you know, is rejecting you or they don't want you. And then your friends at school are also like her, you know, they treat you snacks. You internalize that and you're like, oh, there's really something wrong with me. I'm unlovable. You know, look at home, look at this. But all of this is unconscious. It's not on the surface level. Mm -hmm. And then, then you get to work, you know, you walk in there and then you have all the self-doubt or Already. you already feel like people are going to reject you so when you walk past people you're like ah they're definitely talking about me or yeah. when you're about to voice your opinion you're like ah my opinion doesn't matter my feelings don't matter you know so there's so many different types of things and I can't talk about all of them today yeah. but it just builds up and then that's when when you get to now you're maybe in your 30s or your 20s and you're feeling really overwhelmed and you're struggling with those emotions, the anxiety, the deep sadness, and you're like, where does this come from? You know, most of the time it's a build-up because all those experiences you never processed, mm -hmm. and here you are now, and then that's when you need the, you have to start the healing journey. Woo, you covered a lot there. I know. <laughs> Guys, there's so many concepts we have to unpack there, and I don't think we'll have time to cover all of them, yeah. but I do want to go through some of them. In the meantime, guys, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, you know, do all the right things, and tell us in the comment section, what kind of traumas have you experienced from your childhood or what kind of traumas have you experienced in the workplace, for example, that have changed the way that you see the world? Are you seeing a therapist to heal these wounds? What are you doing to help you navigate through them? Yvette, you spoke about how children model what their parents do, right? Whether the parent is actually aware that they're showing it or not, the kid sees it. So we've got parents who watch this podcast. Yeah. What kind of advice, or at least three steps, would you give them to stop being aware of how they behave around their kids and to model something different if they want to take that route? I think it really goes back to, you know, looking at your own behavior with honesty, you know, and saying, okay, um, am I modeling anything from my own parents? I think that's a good place to start. Am I modeling anything from my own parents that doesn't serve me? You know, because the way that... Um, everything gives you feedback in life, right? Mm -hmm. So you, if your kids are constantly frustrated, crying, you know, I remember once I um, had a friend, you know, and one of the things that would happen every single morning when she'd get her daughter ready um, is that it would be a war, right? Yeah. Like, it would, and at <laughs> night before bed, it, it's a war. It's a war. And I was like, okay, but like talk to her <laughs> like have a conversation you know and because i'm like of course i'm not a parent but of course i work with a lot of clients and i'm like every single person i work with was once a child so yeah. <laughs> i think that that kind of credits me enough to say okay i don't need to have kids in order to to be able to speak on this right but i was like talk to her you know like things okay here's a, a really good example it's like for example sometimes kids don't want to eat right yeah. nobody asks them are you full 
they just like eat. You know, a lot yeah. of people have like food trauma and then they have, you know, eating disorders because of the way that they were force fed. Mm-hmm. They were told that, you know, you have to finish that or you're going to sleep outside. Yeah. Like, I'm four years old. Why am I being threatened <laughs> with sleeping outside? Because I'm not hungry. Exactly. But as an adult, if you say, I am not hungry, people believe you. Mm-hmm. You understand? So sometimes it's literally saying, this person has a stomach this small, yeah. right? But we don't question things because we're used to believing that children don't have autonomy. They don't mm-hmm. understand what they need. But those people are more in tune with their bodies than anything. When they're sad, they cry. When they're happy about something, they express it until someone tells them not to. You yes. understand? So if you were to reparent, you'd look at, am I modeling anything? Just because my mom told me that I must finish all my food, you know, whatever, whatever. Am I actually paying attention to the fact that this kid had a snack time at school, you know, um, and then they ate when they got home and then they just ate now at five o'clock. Now I want them to eat a full meal, adult sized meal, mm. you know, at this time. Them choosing I'm not hungry is not disobedience. It's them expressing that their body is telling them that they are genuinely not hungry. Mm. And if you observe, sometimes it's exactly that. So I think you have to look at, am I modeling anything for my parents that mm. isn't serving me? Yeah. You know, what do I need to change that my children are giving me feedback? You know, their emotions, if they're constantly crying, tantrums, there's some things that are normal, right? Like toddlers. Toddlers are going to throw things around. Why? They're learning mobility. They're learning to throw things around. They're learning that these things can walk. Like, <laughs> it's new stuff to them. Yeah. So everything they experience, they're learning to use lotion, how it feels on their skin. That's why they put the whole tub on their skin. But most of us are wired to think that that's being naughty. You don't understand it because you don't understand the developmental stages of a child. So I think understanding that, what's not serving you, right? What's not working and t- taking the feedback from your own child because each child is different, okay? So you can't, I can't give a formula in that regard. So I'd say just pay attention and pay attention to the feedback. Mm-hmm. And then look at yourself, right? What are some of the things that you needed or wanted growing up? Because by healing ourselves, then we, can, we become better parents, partners, etc., to everybody around us. Mm-hmm. So I would say also pay attention to your own needs that were not met right are you trying to meet them through your children because that's mm-hmm. not what they're here for mm-hmm. you know um, um pay attention to the way that you speak to yourself because they're observing you know so if you're unkind with yourself you're probably going to be very unkind with the children if you're um, impatient with yourself you're probably going to be very impatient with them you know so pay attention to that you know and i think as you do the healing work within yourself it actually becomes easier to actually you know Parent your children not from that place of trauma or not from that place of fear yourself, but from a place of just saying, this is my child, they're not here for me, they come through me, and I'm here to guide them, mm-hmm. right? I'm not here to punish them consistently for being human. I'm here to literally treat them with love, show them acceptance, and also guide them with, you know, I know the word discipline, but to guide them through those experiences and show them the right way. And that's pretty much what I would say, yeah. Oh, I love what you said. Even there, there's a lot to talk about. I know. <laughs> it reminded me of um, a show that I watched and someone was saying that because they grew up poor yeah. and now they've made a lot of money, they just spoil their kids. And they thought that that was the best way to parent mm-hmm. the child because the, the child was getting what they didn't get didn't as a get, child. Yeah. But all they got was like a spoiled child who wasn't grateful apparently for things, you know? And there was so much to unpack there in the sense that actually dad, you're always working, you're never home. So your child is actually screaming for attention. And they just want you. They just want the money they don't want the money. Exactly. Crazy. <laughs> so there's a lot there guys and I would urge you to get Yvette's book and I would urge you to start reading up about these things because like we said you know your childhood really frames a lot of the person you become as an adult so to build a better nation a healthier nation we have to start with parenting we have to start with the children now moving on to adulting 
Te quiero, pues quiero. En the world. The hood. No. It's adulting. You know, I know that in self-actualizing and in consciously and in healing, going to therapy, etc., I've noticed so many things about myself. And one of the things I noticed was that I self-gaslight. Mm -hmm. And that's something my therapist was teaching me about. And I post about self-gaslighting a lot, you know, and I see people like coming in my DMs and saying, oh my gosh, I do the same, I don't know this mm -hmm. is what it was. And I want to talk a little bit about that. What is gaslighting and what is self-gaslighting? What does it mm -hmm. look like? Okay, so gaslighting, and this is all my own definition, yeah. right? Um, it's really just when you invalidate an experience that you've been through, you mm. know, so you invalidate your thoughts, you invalidate your emotions. So, for example, when somebody else is gaslighting you, it's like, for example, those people that, you know, you're like, you've seen the message, <laughs> you've seen the message, you know, you know that they did something and then they're like, no, I didn't do that. You're imagining things. You're crazy. You know, so they start calling you names so that you can doubt yourself, you know. So sometimes we do that to ourselves mm. where, you know, and there's many reasons for that, you know, whereby we've been through an experience. Let's say you went to um, in a place and then maybe it's a photo shoot, for example. Yeah. And then, you know, there's certain things that made you uncomfortable. Maybe you're a model, you know, and then the person asks you to do things that you're uncomfortable. And then you can tell that this person is doing something that, you know, intentionally to harm me, right? And that's your experience, but you're like, mm -hmm. no, maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe so it's when you have had an experience and then you now tell yourself for whatever reason, right? Because maybe you're used to your feelings being invalidated, mm -hmm. that that's how you speak to yourself now. And then you start invalidating your own feelings, your experience or your emotions, yeah. And in the African culture, what does gaslighting look like? Because I know a lot of us feel these expectations from our parents mm. and there's our culture, right? Yeah. That says you must be this way, especially for women, you can't say, articulate your needs. Yeah. Even if you do, they actually don't matter yeah. because you wouldn't know because you're a woman. Yeah. How do we navigate through that? Yeah. Gaslighting in an African culture, I've never thought about that. Um, I would say that, I mean, it's any time I need, most of the times I know that you know, when some of my clients, one of the things that they might want to do is go to speak to their parents and say, hey, how you raised me, you know, was not right, mm. you know? And then, you know, also, first of all, you're told that it's disrespectful to you. Just to talk to your parents and call them out <laughs> on things. It's like, it's, it's like it's disrespectful. Yeah. That in itself is like already wrong, you know? So they'd go sit down and have the conversation and then the par parent would say, that didn't happen. What are you talking about? Mm. I never used to hit you, yeah. you know? What, what are you imagining? Any bitch you do differently from your siblings? What? Yeah, yeah. You're, just, you're just making things up. You're an attention seeker. That's mm. just who you are, you know? And then you get labeled as that. So I think that's what an, an example of gaslighting would look like, you know, when you literally have had that experience and then someone is just like, no, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't remember that. That didn't happen, you know? Or you're just making things up. You're crazy. You know, that's, you've always been like this since you were a kid. And yeah, that's what that would look like. And how do you conscious, like as somebody who doesn't know anything about healing, but you're watching this podcast how can you tell if you really did experience what you're talking yeah. about or if i'm just finding excuses yeah. to to validate maybe some of my bad behavior Yo, oh that's a good one right <laughs> that is a good one i think that one listen to your emotions right mm. um your feelings are never wrong how you experience something so 
you might not be the right person in the situation, right? So for example, you and I can have a disagreement, mm. right? And um, maybe it's because you didn't buy me water for the for this interview. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, I really would have liked some water. So me being sad about the water is okay, mm. right? But me having not communicated that I want water, yeah. right? And making you responsible for that, that's when it's like, I'm the problem. Yeah. But how I feel about it, it's like, it's okay. I see that you feel sad about it, right? Okay, but take ownership in that sense. Yes. So I think it's a matter of, I always say, just validate your experiences. Most people, I think most people invalidate more than they validate. Mm. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times. And then, but I also bring in self-awareness to say, what is my contribution to the situation? Because that's when, and I'll be like, oh, I actually didn't ask Lebo, you know, for Lebo line, for like, water <laughs> i didn't ask her and then i said they're thirsty and i didn't say anything and i'm yeah. glad that level didn't give me the water right yeah you do that so much like in friendships you know and other relationships where we're like you didn't provide for me what i needed and then you you're angry your anger is valid it's okay feel the anger right you are having an emotional experience no one can come in and validate that yeah however no one can come and say your anger is wrong your anger is fine but then afterwards we can say or during that process as part of that process it's like okay i hear your anger right Okay, but what's your contribution? Had you communicated to me that you want this? Had you communicated that you wanted to celebrate anniversaries? Or had you communicated to me that, you know, you love gifts or, you know, this and that, or you want to see me? You know, now you're just angry. So I think that's what it kind of looks like where you can have the balance between accountability by asking yourself, what's my contribution to this situation? I encourage that to anybody. It's a question I ask all my clients whenever they're like, this happened. And I'm like, okay, listen, I validate. And I'm like, okay, but what's your contribution to the situation? Mm. They're like, I didn't set boundaries. I did not voice out what I wanted. I did not communicate. And therefore now I'm even more angry and I'm building resentment. And I'm like, okay, looking, moving forward, what can you do in order to make sure that I'm like, okay, then those say okay moving forward i'll articulate what i need and then if the person doesn't meet them then i know to make a decision you know type mm. of thing so that's what that process looks like you spoke about a very important concept the c word communication yeah right so we're listening to yvette she's saying all these amazing things but how do i effectively communicate my feelings and my experiences to other people yeah. i've learned over time that sometimes the way we communicate can be the reason why we don't get from an experience what we want to get out of it you know so it's not always the other person's fault for not necessarily validating us because in how we communicate we invalidate them <laughs> and so they can't kind of that meet us everybody's like invalidating each other fighting. yeah so how do we effectively communicate Are any tools we can use is there a method yeah. how do we do it so okay there are a couple of methods that i do share with the people that i work with and i also use myself because my communication was you know not the best you know um and i think it's it's a definitely a learning curve mm -hmm. um so one of the things that i do encourage when it comes to communication so it depends on what it is there's communication to resolve conflict and all of that but there are some main principles you know like listen without interrupting you know um, listen <laughs> without interrupting <laughs> you know let's yeah. absorb that one <laughs> listen you know there's this these things called the four horsemen of communication okay um so one of those things i think i'm going to try to remember them from the top of my head it's criticism contempt defensiveness and stonewalling right the four horsemen of communication, communication. yes you can criticism yeah. stonewalling contempt, contempt criticism so what is it Crit criticism contempt 
stonewalling defensiveness. Defensiveness, yeah. okay. okay. And we won't get them in the right order, yeah. but you know. <laughs> so basically, it's these things that a lot of people do. Like um, I think it was a, a psychologist or a therapist who studied them. I forgot his name. Um, and then if it's not John Gottman, it's someone else. And basically, they came up with um, these four four horsemen because they always, you know, create conflict in relationships, whether it's a friendship or any type of relationship when we're trying to communicate. So criticism, it's like when you tell somebody every single time you're like, yeah, you always dress like this. You always like this. You know, that's like when you're always Absolute saying negative things. Yeah, yeah, you're not saying what you want from the thing. You're like, I hate this coffee. You're not saying, please reduce the sugar. Mm. <laughs> you know, that's helpful. It's just, it comes off as judgment in a sense, yeah. right? And then contempt, it's like, we do this a lot, African women. Oh, do we? <laughs> <laughs> like all of that stuff, the drama. Yes, yeah. rolling eyes. You're, like, you're not present for the, for the conversation. Yeah. And your body, body language. I think also people must remember that. Communication, I think, is about only... It's a very small amount of, of, of what you call this, your language. Yeah. Communication is mostly about 70% body language. 60% okay. yeah. body language. Okay. And then I think the other 30% is tonality and um, what do you call the body language and then tonality and pitch. Okay. Then like about 10% tonality language. and pitch. Yes. Are we hearing that? <laughs> you know, so that's important. Most times you're communicating with our bodies, you know, mm. and you don't even know it. So contempt, it's like, you know, when somebody's talking and you have all the attitude in the world, yeah, just like, which actually already is invalidating. I mean, yeah. they're like, what did you say? Do you want to say something like that? Yeah. I don't have anything to say, <laughs> you know, but your body is like giving it away. Mm. So that's contempt. And then stonewalling is, you know, um, silent treatment, you know, not responding, you know, not just not being there, you yeah. know, like just not being present in the conversation, which is like, it can make the person feel isolated or like they're not being heard. And you're like, I'm not saying anything, so it won't be harmful, but it is harmful to not respond, okay. you know. Um, and then, of course, what is the critical stonewalling? Why is not responding harmful? Okay, so I think as humans, we crave connection. That's one. And okay. you don't want to, like, if, if you walked into the room and I just acted like you don't exist, mm -hmm. that would feel... What if you made me mad? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I still exist. Feel I still exist. Uh, I still exist. So okay. It's one of those things. It's like, I think people are like, um, one of the things that I also had to learn in my journey, like withdrawal is harmful. Like, yeah. and I always say, apply it to a child. If you're talking silent treatment to a child, it's like, it doesn't make sense. Yes. Then you start to have all these behaviors to kind of get their attention. That's when you start to apologizing, even when you're not wrong. It's harmful, you mm. know? Nobody wants it. You all seek connection. But because some people struggle to regulate their emotions, you know, because they, they're the anger and all of that, maybe because of past experiences, they prefer not to talk or they don't mm -hmm. know, they don't want to be vulnerable. So they just keep quiet and then they, they just kind of like, you know, ghost you or, you know, they just don't talk, which is also harmful. And the last one is defensiveness, you know. Mm. So when someone's expressing something and then you're like, you also do this. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you also did this last week. It's like, hey, I might, you know, like find your own time to discuss those things or just saying, you're also not perfect, you know, or no, I didn't do that. You know, it's your fault that I did it blaming the other person so that's defensiveness like having all these walls up and not really hearing because you can't have the walls up and really hear what another person is saying you know so those are some of the things that are bad for communication so what helps is um connection before correction mm, that's the one a big one that connection always... before correction yeah you know i love that yeah so before you con you, you correct start by just 
you know, hey, um, I really appreciate, you know, that you do this and this. I just, there's just a few things that I want to talk about. So invite the person to the conversation, set the tone, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then from there on, of course, like even with children as well, you know, sometimes it's just, just complaining or just shouting at them, but it's like, hey, I really love you. But, you know, when you do this, it hurts, you know, your younger brother's feelings. If it's, you know, like if the kid is hitting the other kid, you know, you don't have to walk in and just, you know, it's like, hey, I'm here. Sometimes you might find maybe the child feels neglected because there's a new kid in the house. They have a lot of emotions, so they need reassurance. You know, Mm. so that's an example with a child. But even as adults, because even with the couples coaching that I do sometimes, you find that people will just, you're both angry, right? The tenseness is intense. You haven't connected in a long time. Sometimes that's why you're fighting. You mm. haven't gone out on a date. Yeah. You haven't asked each other how you're really doing. And then you just, every time you talk, you're talking about a conflict. <laughs> so when do you connect? So sometimes it's like, take a walk, just breathe, appreciate each other first. Then have the difficult conversation because when you feel disconnected, and this is why I saw a post the other day that says that couples that are more intimate, like that hug, that touch, right? It's they resolve conflict quicker, oh. you know. But a lot of people, and I'm those people, like don't even touch me, <laughs> don't even look at me, you know. But I've learned that you can't just disengage because it feels uncomfortable. You've made a commitment to be there, so you have to be there if the goal is to resolve it. Of course, unless you're in physical harm or danger, yes. you know. But it's like even when I don't like you, I still love you. Everybody needs that reassurance yes. right and pulling away takes away that reassurance right so um those are some of the tips i know i've shared a lot of things but it's also just you know set an intention for why you want to communicate know what you want out of the conversation listen without interrupting and hear the other person like when they talk validate them mm. you know when they say when you did this right it made me feel this way and that's also a guideline for communication not saying that um, you're so selfish you say, or you always, you, always, you, you always, always, always get to me, you know. <laughs> you, so rather say, when you didn't, um, when you went out and came back without um, bringing me a snack, I'm using, you know, really small examples, um, it made me feel like you don't care, it made me feel like you didn't consider me. Yes. You know, and then, because if you say you're selfish, you're calling the person a name, first yeah. of all, then they're going to get defensive and then the back and forth stuff. But when you tell them how things made you feel, you know, when you um, didn't show up for a date or didn't ask about a date or follow up, it made me feel like you don't want to have the date because that's what happened. You're not accusing anybody. You're describing it for what it is and telling them how it made you feel. Mm. Made me feel sad. But most of us fear vulnerability. So it's easier to say you're selfish, you're inconsiderate rather than I did not feel considered when you did this right it made mm. me feel really sad unwanted angry um um rejected rejected yeah right we feel like if we say those things then we're exposed and then people will take that for, for will take us for a ride so i think communicating what happened without calling names and then telling the person how it made you feel i always say speak from your heart mm. you know and tell the person so they can hear your heart most times people don't hear our heart because of all those you know the four horsemen yeah that was a lot. <laughs> I hope you guys have your notepads and you're writing all of this down because there's just too much to absorb in one hour. You spoke about couples, and this yes. is a big topic, relationships. I feel like every time I log on to TikTok, it's like 90% relationship content, yeah. and it's crazy. So many of us want answers. We want to understand how to navigate through relationships, how to find the right partner, how to identify we've got someone who's taking advantage of us, etc., etc., etc. So I want to start, I think we need to have this relationship conversation, and I want to start with what does a healthy romantic relationship look like? Mm. 
I would say that, and yeah, a lot of people, we all want relationships, yeah, a lot of us, right? Not all, you know? <laughs> yeah. There's, you know, there's always the exceptions and, you know, obviously, but I mean, we all want to connect. We all want to feel loved. We all want companionship. Those are normal human needs, mm. you know? So I think a lot of times we also invalidate that need, like, oh, why am I like this? It's like, it's normal, yeah. right? You want to connect and all of that. So I think when it comes to relationships, a healthy relationship looks like one where you feel safe to be mm. yourself safe to express your thoughts, your opinions, safe to communicate like what we just discussed as well. And then also you feel accepted like for who you are as well. And I think the biggest one is safety. I think that's something that people don't consider. Like what do you safety? feel energetically safe? Like, like you can just express yeah, what you want, you yeah, can cry, be depressed, yeah. whatever you're feeling, yeah. it's safe to be that and, and feel yeah. that. Because even, for example, outside of that, like when somebody, let's say you, this is, you know, during the talking stage, and like a lot of people, you know, hate talking stages and like, guys, talking <laughs> stage is important, but yeah. don't talk for too much, like, you know, but during that period when you're getting to know somebody, some people take the safety for granted because yes. when a person doesn't pitch, they've set a date, they just don't show up, right? That doesn't create safety for you. That's why you feel uncomfortable. We don't consider that as safety, but it is. You're saying, mm. Mm, let me withdraw. Let me step back. And then you want to protect yourself. So someone being reliable creates safety, right? Mm. Someone showing up consistently creates safety. Somebody opening up and communicating to you creates safety when they say, I'm on my way. So we take that for granted. So I think one of the things that a, a healthy relationship looks like is that it's safe. You know, um, you spoke about gaslighting. You're not being gaslit when you express something or made to be the problem. Mm. Your, list, your, your emotions are validated and also you're listened to, you know. And also, yeah, I think that's the main thing. Like, if we're speaking healthy, safety is a big part, and obviously, the different types of safety, and especially physical safety. If that's not there, you know, that's definitely not a healthy relationship. Do men and women love differently? 100%. So, so give us some examples for the ladies who are watching. Yeah. What, what it looks like for a man to love you. Because I think, I mean, we're in the sugar daddy culture era. Yeah. A man must, you know, if yeah. he's not giving me a girl, girlfriend allowance, he doesn't really love me. <laughs> so what does it actually look like when a guy, especially an African man, yeah. we don't have this conversation enough. Yeah. What does it look like when he's showing you care and he's showing you that he wants you mm. in his life? You know what level like one of the things that i had to learn in my journey is to learn what that looks like mm. because i didn't grow up with it right a lot mm. of us don't grow up with it to say this is what a decent man looks like this is how he treats you you know if you don't have a blueprint for something you don't know how to model yes. you don't have it right and that's why a lot of women actually tolerate less than what they deserve because you don't know that a person must be consistent it's not even a thought like mm. to be that they must be consistent where would you know that yes. you know so for me, I think I wouldn't say like as an African man, but I'd say a masculine energy. Okay. You know? <laughs> okay. You know? Like, like a masculine that. energy should make you feel safe. It's not aggressive, it's assertive. Mm. <laughs> you understand? Um, I know that men love to provide, it's just how they're made. <laughs> you know, and that's something also for me with my own journey. I'm like, oh, these people love to give and serve. That's how I know when they are not serving you, Ashim. What, what does yeah, serving, what not, is serving? Like, so like making you breakfast in bed? What is it? No, no, it's a different type of serving. I think it also depends, obviously, because people are different. You know, yeah. they have different love languages, and that's a whole different topic. Mm -hmm. But I think things like taking care of you, man, making sure you're okay. Like, men pride themselves in making sure that you're okay as their partner. You know, and I've learned that, like, the relationship that I'm in right now is one of the healthiest that I've been in, you know. And one of the things that I've learned to also, because I was one of those people that, you know, Miss Independent. Yes, I, I did myself. 
myself. <laughs> I don't ask for help. Yeah. But then he makes it so easy because I saw that he wants to do it like all the time, like with anything, like wants to make my life as easy as possible, which is interesting because that made it easy for me to step into my feminine. Mm. Be like, oh, you're willing to do anything for me? I don't mind cooking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're willing to do it. And I don't enjoy cooking. But with him, I'm like, it's not even about, I learned that it's not even about the gender roles thing because I don't believe in those things. It's about servitude and yes. what makes the other person feel loved. Yes. You know? So then that created a shift for me in terms of how I perceived certain things because I was like, I'm not going to cook just because you say so. Yeah. Like, I was I'm that not person. for some man. <laughs> you know, no, I'm not doing that. And I still don't. Like, he yeah. even is like, still does the cleaning and he does cooking. He sometimes cooks better than me, you know? But I learned that it makes him feel loved to see me cooking to mm. have eaten a meal that I made. I so then I was like, oh, why wouldn't I want to do something that makes you feel loved? Mm-hmm. But a lot of times with men also, it's that the servitude, of course, it's in their own way. You know, so sometimes it's taking care of you, making sure you're fine. Like if it's paying for an Uber, if you don't have a car, you know, sometimes it's just making sure you're safe, taking in, you know, sometimes it's um, whatever you need emotionally, you know, as well, not just also financially and, and all of that, but really just making sure you're, like they want to protect you. They want to make sure that you're safe. They want to make sure you're all right. And those are the things that I've learned as well um, to embrace a lot more, you know, having not grown up with that and seeing it in a particular way based on just media and certain things and to say, okay, so this is what it looks like. And it looks like the safety, you know, mm. to say that this person has my bag. And most times men just want to provide, hey? And that's where, because provision, because remember back in the day, like stone ages or whatever, money wasn't a thing. Yeah. But how providence looked like, looked like hunting and going to get something. Mm. Today in a capitalistic world, right? Providence looks like money, yes. <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. right? And a lot of times when, when somebody prioritizes you, right? They make sure that you're safe, you're okay, you're eating. You're like, I think, I remember I was reading something and this is a conversation I had with my partner as well, um, yesterday actually on Twitter. Mm. And it was a discussion about why aren't men excited about birthdays? <laughs> right? Wow, wow. <laughs> like yes, men don't like birthdays. No, right? really. So one of the things as I was reading the thread, someone said, we don't care about birthdays and things. What we care about is that with success for us, it's if our family is eating and they're well taken care of. Mm. It looks different, right? They, for them, that's when they're stressed. If they feel unaccomplished because that co- connects directly to providence, then they don't feel good about themselves, mm. right? And that also makes it different. So they don't care about the glitz, the glam. That's our stuff. Yeah. And it's okay, right? But they care more about being able to provide, being able to take care of, knowing that the person that you care of is all right, whatever, in whatever way. And it looks different for a lot of people, but sometimes it's also like prioritizing you, man. Yeah. When somebody goes to you, guys, if you're dating and someone goes to you, like they don't communicate, they don't prioritize, they don't show up. I'm not, that's someone that's not reliable. You know, one mm. of the things that shows that someone's in their masculine, their yes is their yes and their no is their no. They hey. show up, you know, they keep up to their word and they're consistent and they're reliable because any man that is of honor actually will honor themselves yes. and will honor you as well. Yeah. I love that when you honor yourself, you honor others, yeah. you know, because you can only give what you know. <laughs> what you have to give and it's also got me thinking about okay so i'm dating a guy yeah. and he seems to i mean he calls me yeah uh when we go out he pays for the bill yeah. but i've asked him that you know i want us to meet more frequently and yeah. he's not really coming to the party yeah. he still wants me to be the one who plans all the dates yeah but he'll show up to the dates it's just he will never plan it plan it even though i've said mm. I care for you, but yeah. you don't. 
at what point do you say this person just doesn't care about what oh. I want or do you say actually this is where I need to kind of compromise a little bit and say he's doing everything else I've yeah. asked for just not this one thing you know how do you know the balance how do you know if this is a guy who respects you yeah. or a guy who's taking advantage of you yeah. and just doesn't care about what you have to say yeah. and think and need okay I think you would have to guide and say is there reciprocation if mm. there is okay fine maybe he just doesn't think that way you know what I'm even saying? Even if There's you've a, asked him. Well, if you've asked then okay, that's a different conversation. So I'd say ask first yeah. and say, hey, it makes me feel loved for when you plan dates. Mm. <laughs> it makes me feel wanted. It makes mm. me feel like you want to actually spend time with me. So I would love for you to plan more dates. Like be very assertive and tell them what that looks like. You know, because also we miss each other when it comes to communication, you know, and stuff like that. And then two, or ask, is there a reason why you don't do that? Yeah. You know, and find out what their reasoning is and find out if that works for you. Mm. You know, so I think... Um, definitely it's about I don't know I don't I don't I think most things are a conversation yes. you know not everybody's gonna be perfect you yes. might get the guy that pays for the dates that takes you out that does that but he's not gonna plan and then you're like it's okay you know um, I realized like for me I love dates you know yes, so, so I. yeah I love <laughs> dates like I'm that girl I'm like let's go for a picnic yes. let's do a live music thing you know um, my partner does them because I like them we like the same things but I'm the one that a lot of times is like oh I saw this you know and over time we built uh, a synergy whereby you know now he knows what I like and then and, 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 and then he tells me if he sees it because he knows I will really like to do that particular thing so I think sometimes you just find your your dynamic you know and then it eventually does flow but if that sometimes you're not going to get everything like on the thing like yeah. you have to look at is this a bad thing is it mm. a thing that i can live with you know does it bother me to that extent where i cannot live with this if this man is never going to plan a date you know um i won't be able to live with it then that's your deal breaker yeah you know but if it's not a deal breaker it then you you decide to work with it if it is then you don't yeah and how do you leave once you feel like I can't take this because yeah. this person's not honoring what I'm yeah. asking for. And the reason why I'm asking you that is because I heard uh, two women speak about how to communicate your exit, right? And mm. they were saying that so many of us will make meaningless threats. So every time the person doesn't do what we want, we say, I'm going to leave you if you don't <laughs> do this, you know? And That's it's also like, not helping. Why do you do that? Because it creates instability in the relationship. Exactly. Like it creates, first of all, the person loses respect for your exit. Like, mm, they, exactly. Like, ah, to me, like, exactly. You know? She's just talking ah, as usual. Me. Exactly. You know? So something that is helpful is to ask for what you want and be very specific. Make sure that they know that it's important to you. You know, um, and you'd also let them know if this is not something that you can provide, then, oh, I'm looking to be in a relationship where somebody communicates. If that's not something that you can do or communicate without shouting, if that's not something that you can do for me, I don't think I'll be able to stay in this relationship. Then it's a conversation. It says, oh, I can do it. I can't do it. Okay, you can't do it. Shop, you know? And then you go. <laughs> yeah, then you go. But what if you're afraid to lose them? You're afraid to lose them. Yeah. I guess it's a matter of, again, like relationships are, you know, you have to find the balance for yourself, you know, and you also have to, can't make all decisions from fear. You have to advocate for your own needs consistently. Mm. And sometimes you, that conversation isn't gonna happen once because you don't come from the same background. We don't perceive the world differently. Just men and women, we're so different. Yeah. Like the more I've just um, learned to embrace certain things, I'm like, we are so different, you know, in certain things. We are wired to be more nurturing, more emotional because we are supposed to birth babies and then our hormones are cons consistently changing to accommodate that. Mm -hmm. They're wired to pro protect, so they're often wired to plan to like mostly in the logical side, right? And one thing that I even learned recently is that 
um, when you have estrogen, more estrogen in your body, you're more likely to be anxious. Oh, a lot of men don't often get anxious. They might not be able to name it, but apparently when your estrogen levels go up, right, then you become more anxious. And then when you're, and think about it, when you're about to be on your period, right, sometimes you get anxious. Overly emotional, Yeah, because your hormones are anxious. fluctuating. They yeah. don't have to deal with that. Yeah. You know? So just the way we perceive and have experiences is completely different. So I always advocate communicate. If a person cares for you, they will try, yeah. right? And then they'll work on it. And they're not going to have it immediately but you have to observe and say okay is this person trying mm. and if you notice that they don't have capacity you can exit gracefully it doesn't have to be a conflict you know and i think sometimes also go to i encourage therapy i encourage couples therapy or couples coaching as well because i think we do it when it's too late mm. like when the conflict over small things has like now become a big thing yeah. but i'm like if you notice that there's oh communication is a little bit of an issue here just go to somebody to help you just learn the tools to communicate better yes. you know or learn the tools to advocate for your needs or so that you can hear each other easier you know there's so many couples that i've worked with where you're like these you know you guys are actually good you just need to learn to be on the same page or you're saying the same things or you want the same things you both want to feel wanted you want to feel accepted and you want to have create a, a like a good life together you know and if you don't want a good life of course then i guide you in a different way or assist you in a different way but i think if you want the same things then have that conversation and it's not always going to be an immediate response but obviously that doesn't mean you must wait for 10 years 50 years you know like don't base your decisions off of fear like mm. really listen to yourself um, and if somebody doesn't meet, you know, your needs, they don't care to, you know, then you have to make a decision and it's not always going to feel good. Right. But it again, focus on your highest intention is that you want somebody that will prioritize you, somebody that will reciprocate, somebody that will love you in a particular way, yes. you know, or at least want to learn. I think that's the biggest thing, you know, that the person that you're with wants to learn because yes. nobody comes into a relationship perfect, you know? So I always say when you're trying to manifest a relationship, write down that the person must be into personal development because what are you going to do with someone that doesn't want to grow they Ooh, don't <laughs> you're actually talking about something that I'd, i want to end this podcast yeah. off on is manifesting your dream partner i've heard about this so much yeah. and i actually tried it but i'm not going to tell Did you guys what happened <laughs> some of you are in my dms just being out of order yeah. <laughs> but can, can you give us a step by step on how do you manifest your dream partner it sounds to a lot of people it sounds crazy like do i just think of you know my dream partner and then poof they appear mm. or how does it work okay so it works just like um all manifestation principles it's the same stuff right you decide what you want specifically you write it down yeah. you know and i always say don't say i just want a relationship yeah you're gonna get just the relationship hey exactly and we do that so much <laughs> like in our thoughts you say i just want someone to groove with I just want someone to talk to. You will get someone to talk to. Mm -hmm. And then if you look back on some of your experiences, you're like, yes, I manifested from a point of lack. Like I was just like focusing on the one thing that I needed then, but not on the holistic picture. Mm. You know, I want somebody to build a happy and healthy relationship with or to build a family with. And I want them to be into these particular things. I want them to be emotionally aware, to be self-aware and to be into personal development. So write it down specifically. And I say always be more specific than less specific. Yes. And as you learn, because sometimes, you know, because of different things, we manifest something it doesn't look exactly what, what we want then yeah. we get discouraged right i always say learn from the experience because that experience you're like mm, that thing i know i wrote it down but it doesn't <laughs> work for me yeah <laughs> or you realize i know for me the thing was consistency 
I didn't know that consistency must be on my list until really? I experienced a relationship where I wasn't prioritized. And I was like, consistency has to be on my list. Wow. And I made sure my partner has never missed a single date. It's been three years. Like, not one. Like, not, and he's never late for any of those things. Wow. Like, so, yeah, actually, <laughs> that's crazy. But, and I'm always late, but mm. that's a whole other topic. <laughs> it wasn't on his list. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, you know, um, just being very specific about what you want and making sure you write it down to the T. Do the physical characteristics also count? Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Really? Put them down. You know, so but I want a tall, handsome, yeah, yeah, yeah. blah, blah. So okay. I wrote down, I just want someone who I'm attracted to. Because ah, partly see. was also because attraction is important in relationships, right? You need, you need to be attracted to your partner, whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, just be attracted, you know? So I think that's something that's also, it's not superficial to put down certain things, you know, but of course your goals must be smart, mm. like, you know, specific, measurable, realistic, all that stuff, you know? Yeah. So I think sometimes Sometimes we do have okay here's my thing right when it comes to the looks i'm always like is your type serving you you put down tall dark handsome or light skinned and this and that or mustn't be this but i'm like how are they treating you though because sometimes we get attracted to the same type but then we experience the same pattern and we don't notice that do i even pay attention to the personality characteristics or does the looks outweigh the way a person treats me because sometimes you're always going to fall for the same people like i like them to dress this way and i like them to be this way but it's like how do they treat you i think that should be like the biggest priority right and yeah. of course attraction must be a thing so do put down the, the things that you want you know even put down must be financially stable if that's important to you you know must be ambitious must be whatever it is that is important to you you know without self-judgment and being honest and then, of course, one of the things that I always say, I'm like, become those things. <laughs> become those things. Like, become yeah, those like, things. You want someone who's consistent. Are you consistent? Exactly. You want someone who's kind. Are you kind? Yeah. You want someone who's self-aware. Are you self-aware? How's your communication style doing? You know, do the inner work as well. Because again, on an energetical level, we attract what we are and what we believe so here's the most important part about manifestation you have to believe that you deserve what you're looking for mm. you know yes you have to literally believe that you are good enough and you deserve whatever it is that you're trying to create or manifest because what happens is the good guy shows up and then you reject him you know or the person comes into your life and then you sabotage it because of those limiting beliefs and then that's when the pattern comes and you're like how come you know with these ones that are inconsistent i'm begging them for attention mm. and that's why the healing work is also very important yes. because there's no way it's healthy when somebody rejects you then you're begging for the attention something is off there you know if you're constantly chasing them you no, something is off so do the healing work as well so that you know what love looks like and feels like from within mm. so that when it comes into your life and it shows up you don't reject it because it's not familiar mm -hmm. and of course support that with the healing work you know affirm yourself you're good enough um, and if you know you need to see a therapist if you have like relationship trauma if you have you know the toxic environment where your parents didn't have healthy relationships some some of that stuff might be affecting you so make sure you do the inner work to heal that so that you can get that out of like your belief system your energetical system and just you know it doesn't affect you in your mm. next relationship as well so those are the main things write it down you know um, be specific and then visualize it of course and then make sure that you support it with the beliefs that will allow that reality to come into your life 
Ooh, you gave us some fire tips there. Guys, I hope you've been listening. I hope you're taking down notes. I can attest to what Yvette is talking about. I've done it and it actually works. The believing, I think, is the most important yeah. part. Because once you believe, listen, sky's the limit, right? Anything is possible, whether it's financially, from a career perspective, relationship, it doesn't matter. Yvette, I wish we could speak for three more hours because there's so many things that we yeah. could cover. But unfortunately, we've run out of time. So please, can you share your social media handles with everybody? And also leave us with some parting words. What do you want everybody watching at home to, to think about when, after they've watched this podcast or to do after they've watched this podcast? Okay. Um, I guess I'll start with that and end with the handles. Yeah. So I think my parting words would be just take care of yourself. Mm. <laughs> like take care of yourself. Um, really be intentional about the type of life you want to experience. And I think believing that it can exist for you is quite important. Mm. And also I think just you know, give yourself grace. Like you're human, you're always learning. And sometimes we're so hard on ourselves. I think give yourself grace and know that you can work on yourself from a place of self-love. You don't have to beat yourself down. You can acknowledge the things that are not working in your life and then consciously work on improving those things from a place of self-love and honoring yourself. Um, you can find me on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, and everywhere else uh, at Yvette underscore Alu. So that's Y-V-E-T-T-E underscore A-L-O-E. And then my website is www.yvettealu.co.za. And also you can follow my company page, uh, Rooted Well, which is Rooted Well underscore Z-A. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We have to have you back because there's a lot to unpack. Thank you so much for having me. Guys, I have no words. You know, Yvette told you where to find her. She told you all these tips that allow you to manifest a life that you love, a life that you can pr be proud of, and just the basic steps to healing. And I think if you want to understand more, please do go on her website or her social media pages to find out more. And before you go, don't forget, like, subscribe, share, do all the good things. And let me know in the comments section below, have you ever manifested your dream relationship or career or whatever? and what have the results been if you guys indulge me in this i might share in the next episode uh, if i uh, envisioned or manifested my dream relationship and if i actually got it am i single am i taking who knows <laughs> but we'll talk about that in the next episode until then don't forget the easiest way or the best way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time cheerio Label line with the podcast, teach you listen cause I got class. Label line with the impact, you be lying that's a real fact. Come let me teach you a list, yeah. Come let me teach you a list.